0: Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the not so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights we fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey! Come on Tottenham, stack it in the and goal, and oh, come teams. on Tottenham, yeah. don't
1: be so bloody so you are and the Genoa. first Alright, Season 5, one one Episode 21 seen. of the Tottenham Hotspur oh, Family Podcast. Joining me, joining me this week, my co-host John Steggles from Urchester. Hello! And for the first time this season, um, podcasting legend, Windy Coys from oh. the Extra Inch Podcast. Hello!
2: Oh. I can't help but giggle at that. Hello, how are
1: you doing? Good, not bad. Thank you for joining us. Right, um, it's been quite a few good weeks. uh, uh, I think off the top of my head, three wins, three clean sheets. Cardiff, Tranmere, um, Chelsea, of course. Um, And then yesterday, we we lose. I suppose at least we didn't draw. um, That record remains intact, so I'm being slightly flippant. But... um, let's talk about yesterday um straight to a point that you raised john um that game would would we have won it if if it, if it had been a, been in the new stadium
3: i think we would have i think there's a, a lethargy about the the matches we're playing at wembley now and i think it's beginning to affect the team um I, it was a good atmosphere from what i heard last night but i i just think we would we w- we would benefit from being home and away from wembley now mm um don't get me wrong it was a good but ma- i thought it was a quite a good match to watch if i'm honest um i thought we played really well especially in the second half um but in all honesty de Gea fucked us well our finishing fucked us really but his job's to save those ones that go straight down his throat um i think we'll play a lot worse than that this season i think we have him win it's very very fine margins in that game really
1: it's not the first time that a goalkeeper has had a worldie against us you think of crawl uh, uh foster in the past uh, to to name a few. Um, Pochettino after the game said that was the best 45 uh, minutes uh, the, the second half um, in the four and a bit years that he's been in charge at Spurs. Wendy, would you concur with that or was it just a question of uh, Pochettino being diplomatic perhaps?
2: Um, I wouldn't say it was the best 45 I think perhaps comparatively, and this is the thing, the first 45 was a bit of a disaster. So comparatively, the second half looked amazing. And, and don't get me wrong, I thought we played really, really well. There was a lot of good cyclical forward play, lots of good movement. We basically dominated possession and nullified their threat right as well. Um, and he corrected the mistakes tactically from the first half. So from that perspective, it was all good. But I think that we've, we've played better in, in other games.
3: Part, part of the correction of the tactical things are, I think we play better without Sissoko in the second half. Yeah. Um, and I think that that tactical change might have been forced on upon us rather than it being made by Poch.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, it seems quite harsh because obviously he's been massively improved this season and he's played well. He, he has played well. Um, but he has the limitations. He has really obvious limitations and winks benefited from having a proper midfielder alongside him and you know ericsson isn't the most adept defensively but he's much more controlled in his uh approach to the game than to and i think that helped winks a lot
1: that's that first half where we didn't play particularly well i mean we almost went in i i thought going in whatever Moment it was that they scored, I think 40 something or another I minute. Mean, up until that point, leading, leading up to that point, I, I thought just before Sissoko's injury, I thought if we go in at time nil-nil, um, that would be that'd be fine. I'd be happy with that, given that we perhaps haven't be, been at our best, and we can re- regroup in the second half, much much like we did at, um, earlier this earlier this season at, at Old Trafford, where it's, we perhaps didn't have a, a great first half, um, and then we can see the goal. Um, and talking of yeah limitations, players that are limited. Kieran Trippier. Um, <laughs> was he at fault for the first goal? Because I I look at it and I think right, he gave the ball away. That's fine. Um, but and I, I understand that, that 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 led to their goal. Um, but I, I think that Hugo perhaps could have done a little bit better, certainly in terms of his positioning. And and Trippier, yes, he gave the ball away, but he was quite high up the pitch. Um, I mean I'm making a case for the defence of Trippier um, or perhaps maybe um, he was at fault. Um, Windy thoughts on that?
2: I I feel bad putting the boot into Trippier again because I've done it so often over the past year Um, and, and to be honest yesterday I think he, he had a really bad game individually. He made a lot of mistakes. He made a lot of the same mistakes over and over again, but he was put in a difficult position by the tactics we were playing. So we had both fullbacks incredibly high up. United had three up front. So oftentimes we were left three against two, which is never going to end well. Um, so he was being asked to play incredibly high, provide all the width on that side. And yet United, as soon as they won the ball were, were countering quickly, playing these balls into the channels and they had a lot of pace, which then exposed out of and Batongan. So, so, yes, Trippier didn't have a good game, but he also was made to look a lot worse by the system.
3: I mm. think if Sanchez was on, he he catches him. Um, but I, I would have gone with a three at the back um, with Davis on one side with Rose on. And then Trippier could have forgotten pretty much about defending and just pushed on. It might have worked a little bit better for us. Um, we, you could argue that Sissoko going off um, cost us the goal because nobody was closing down Pogba and Sissoko would have been doing that, so that pass wouldn't have come out. Uh, but you could also argue Loris's positioning for the goal maybe was a bit off and he, he could have done a bit better and, and got it round the post. But he did get his hands to it. It's, it's, the, that, that was the difference, that one shot, that finishing. It, our shooting boots went on and theirs were. And that's literally all, 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 it, all it was in the in the game for us if you think spurs beat chelsea 1-0 and we ground it out and the media were all oh spurs are lucky to win that uh, you know did they deserve it and then man united get that and then grind out in exactly the same way and it's like man united are back baby yeah look at them they're gonna be champions again it's you know it's it's slim slim thing i think the only real save that um de Gea had to make was the one from toby at the near post yeah i that's, think everything else was a really else, good save. Yeah, everything else is down his throat, unfortunately.
1: A lot of those saves, if you look back, um, and I was I was right behind the goal, literally the first row, behind De Gea. Um, and at the time, when I, in real time, a lot of those shots I thought were a little bit feeble, a little bit easy. Um, having looked at it back on TV, um, nope, he he did make a few good. He he did make some very good saves, particularly the the the, the one. Um, some of them, I think, weren't particularly I mean, they were, they were bread, bread and butter stuff um, and it just contributes to the to the stats, 11 saves, etc. Um, but uh, one thing, um, so I got a question from Dan uh, Parenter who said, uh, Soko comes off United score coincidence. Now, given my vantage point, I, I couldn't see, um, somebody messaged me, a couple of people messaged me um, during the game um, and, and subsequently and said that the point at which Soko came off um, when Lamella came on Ericsson was instructed by Lamella to to drop deep, and apparently Ericsson's body lang- lang- language body language suggested that he didn't want to do that. I don't I don't know if that's correct. Um, like I said, I didn't have a great vantage point, but I'm, I'm going by what other people have other people have said. But did did that cause us to be a little bit disjointed just at the point, as which, point at which we conceded that goal?
2: I think I think it did. Um, it, it's in certain ways. I mean, Football 365 made a, a quip that Sissoko had been babysitting Trippier, and although that's an obvious, that's an exaggeration for comic effect, but there, there's a, there's a more general point there that Sissoko's positioning is very much uh, on the right of a three, generally towards Trippier's side, and he's very much focused on being there when Trippier ventures forward. And as soon as obviously Sissoko went off, there was no one to do that, and so Trippier was left with one fewer one less person to pass to essentially but what he should have been doing was turning around and going back rather than trying an audacious pass into the middle of midfield um so so yes in a sense it, it 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 caused in um air quotes the goal but you know trippy should have been more switched on and should have been playing a safer pass in that situation
3: any pass a forward one down into the channels for Son to run onto. Their hindsight, isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. The, the sad thing is we made United look like they had a bit of a defence when they haven't. You know, the the fact that they didn't concede, it, it makes them look a lot stronger than they are. And uh, I don't want to say it, but uh, a, a, another team will have two shots on target and score two goals against them. There'll be a massive deflection in there or something. You know, it was... It, <sighs> What was the game? Was it um, Burnley this season where we we did that and we got the goal right at the end? Um, We kept kept on and on and on and on and we got our rewards at the end and it just didn't happen for us last Mm. night. Just didn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah,
2: I was just sort of expecting the goal to come eventually. And when we lost the game, I was in a bit of a shock because we we have been quite good at finding a way. And that Urente sub, like you say, worked against Burnley and it almost worked yesterday as well it it was it's one of those games like you say um another day a couple of those go in and one of them takes a nick and goes in the bottom corner we we didn't we were very wasteful in front of goal but the chance creation was the impressive thing and we did a lot of good things in the final third it was just the finishing that let us down
1: a question from ed bradley says what are we lacking to win games like like the united one well, now quite apart from the fact that yeah De Gea had, a, had a good 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 game and and uh on another day, it might have been a different story. You mentioned, Wendy, the fact that we created a lot of chances, but um, we do have a tendency sometimes, particularly this season, I've, no- I've no- noticed where we do create a lot of chances, but we're not clinical for whatever reason. We, we don't seem to. Certainly, I don't know in terms of stats, but certainly the perception I have um, is that we don't create, don't, don't convert the, ch- the number of chances that, that we create. Of course, there are exceptions to that, but. Um, yesterday felt like one one of those days. Or did 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 they just have the rub, rub, the rubber the green? Because I've I've got to say I don't think apart from De Gea aside I don't think they were great. But I think that what they did what they had to do, and they ground out result. Um, credit to them. But it pains me to say that.
3: Yeah, I think that the the the, the two players that I was worried about pre match were De Gea and Pogba. I think they had the biggest influence on the game for them. I, I think the, the the thing that I think that we're lacking to win games like that is a bigger squad and and game changers that can come off the bench rather than uh, and no disrespect to them. I know he's beginning his career, but people like Skip or, or younger players that maybe haven't bloodied themselves properly. John, I'm right
2: here. How can you do this? I, I know, I know, and I feel really bad
3: for saying it. I mean, my my next question is would, would have been my, a question for you later on, In I know
2: you're going to have a, a lovely answer for it, is
3: if, if Kane's are injured, do we stick Parrot in?
2: No, I don't think we can. I think it's too it's too soon for, for someone like Parrot. Um, I, I mean, personally, I think we've got options within the squad. Um, but just picking up on the, on the point there... I think what you said in terms of having a bigger squad to, to change the game, I think that's such an important point. And actually it goes further than that as well, because if we'd had a bigger squad, we'd have been able to rotate it to more over this kind of crazy Christmas, early Jan period. And perhaps you have slightly fresher players than Kane and, and Dele, fresher mentally, um, because that's an issue as well. It's not just physical fatigue, it's mental fatigue. And, and yeah. maybe if you've got fresher players... You get finishes that are a bit more precise, a bit sharper. Kane looked like he took those shots in a slightly tired way to me. Um, and I mean, the easiest chance of a lot probably was Delhi's where he was put through, and uh, he sort of played it straight at De Gea from from mm. the right angle of the box. Maybe that's you know, he's covering so much ground every game that that's going to have an impact on him. But also the the mental side will do as well.
3: How many games is it since the beginning of December? It's one every three days, isn't it? It's a it's a ridiculous amount of games. I think it, it's just catching us now. It's catching up with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and luckily, the uh, the transfer window's opened.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, we'll we'll talk about that I, 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 in, a, in a bit. I I am not hopeful that Levy's going to venture in that window, but we'll, we'll we'll come to that in a bit. J- just in terms of squad squad depth, something that occurred to me yesterday, um, halfway through the game, or perhaps when Sissoko went off, is the fact that everybody talks about. Well, certainly, media people in the media, um, neutrals, uh, they always go on about what happens if Harry Kane's injured, etc., etc. Well, I think there's a, there's been precedents for that in the past when he's been injured and, and Sonny's come in and and we, we we've coped. Um, I, I know that's not going to be the case going forward because obviously Son's going to be um, at the Asian Asian, Asian Cup. Um, that's something else that will come to in a bit, but. If you look elsewhere in the team, full-backs, we've got... You can question whether our full-backs are, 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 are good enough, but we've got depth, squad depth, we've, you know, we've got a number of options, centre-backs this season. We've had a fair share of injuries, but various people, as, as, as Foyt even has come in, Sanchez, we've even had Davis playing there. The one area that's slightly, I think, that gets slightly overlooked, maybe not by our fans, but um, by the wider public or, or by neutrals, people in the media, central mid- midfield. You look at that: Wanyama out, injured. Dembélé injured, off to China now. Um, Dyer. and you've had to play Sissoko and Winks, who, as you said earlier, Wendy, they've they've not had a rest, a proper rest, particularly over over that uh, Christmas period. Now you've got Sissoko out, injured, and I think that's one area where I, the only way I can see that. Being resolved, short of Dyer coming back um, quickly from an injury, and I, I, I think he's still a few weeks away. There's only two ways that that's going to be resolved. Well, three ways. One, he goes for skip, and I can't. I don't think he's gonna. <sighs> I could be wrong, but We're I'm not. sure are both at it,
3: Chris. <laughs> I'm
1: not sure that he's gonna. Blo- I'm not sure that he's gonna blood him straight away. I know he started against it Burnley. Um, and Tramir. And Tramir, true. Um that's obviously one possibility. The other possibility is that he ventures in, in, in the window. I think that he might go for a back free. Given that we've got all our defenders um back with Sanchez, Vatongan, um for it's out of old, um and, and try a change of change of formation. Um it's obviously something that I think Pochettino likes to do he's done it in the past but I think this season we've, we've been limited because of all the injuries that we've had to, uh, to centre-backs previously and mm. um, we've had the depth to cope with that in terms of um, other players coming in but still but albeit having to uh, play with a back four I think now with, with the number of options we've got we could actually perhaps go to a back three uh, but it's certainly and that might negate the issues in the centre of the park but I that's one area where I think we do need another player and obviously Dembele is going to China. So I, I, I thought that, that move might be vetoed, but
4: given I, the injuries
1: uh, to Sissoko.
3: Yeah. Given, given the injuries we've got, I thought that might be off, but the thing is he hasn't signed anywhere. There's just rumours that he's flown out. So mm. who knows? I said last week, if he's fit, he should be playing for us. And I I still believe that. I mean, as good as Sissoko is, he's not a Dembele. Um, you know, he's, he's been a consistent and he but he is still limited. And I think Dembele gives us that balance of defensive work and the finesse of taking it forward and and uh, moving the ball, where um, Soussaka is more of a bull in a china shop. He's definitely not in the tradition of um, Mackay, Hoddle, Gascoigne, Mullery, Modric, Blanche Faur, is he? Um, as good as he is, I think we can do better. And I think Dembele could plug that gap while we're waiting for him. I think it would be silly to let him leave Wendy do you
1: think that um, Skip can come in and do a job or more to the point do you think Pochettino trusts him to come in and do a job in in, in well into Soko's absence
2: so the answers to those questions are yes and no I think he's more than capable of, of coming in and doing a job um, I think he showed that against Burnley and against Tranmere that he can not look out of place in the first team he's a he's a he's a typical Pochettino midfielder and he's very busy he's very busy and he's very sensible and generally fairly safe but as we saw against Tramway he can pass the ball forward as well he was looking for those those port vertical passes into the pockets of space that our attacking midfielders like to take up playing into feet quickly crisply so he's, he's doing all the things that Pochettino likes but I don't think he trusts him and I think if he did fully trust him he'd have been used a lot more over Christmas We'd have probably been able to rotate Winks and Soko more, Eriksen too. Um, And it's similar to the Walker-Peters thing. He only really plays both of them when there's no other option, when there's literally no other option. So I don't think he's there yet. I don't think Pochettino's got the full belief in him, despite what he says to the press. But personally, I think Skip is um, ready to come in. And, you know, we're playing Fulham in our next game. That's on paper an easier match as... In theory, he should be a good one to skip to play, but I just don't think he will. Hmm.
1: Um, just coming back to yesterday's game, um, one of the standout players for me was Winks, um, particularly second half. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Winks. I think that technically he's very good. I think he's a little bit different to the other players, even even Dembélé to, to to some degree. I think with, with Winks, there's always. So there's always an urgency with it with him to get the ball forward to move it forward, and and that's what I I, I, I like about him. I mean, technically, he's very good. Um, he needs to work on his finishing, but um, I, I I think he's I think he's superb. And uh, you know, like with any footballer, the more he plays, and he's had to play a quite a few games, um, particularly if you've come back from from an injury, um, it, it takes a while. But he but he seems to be showing the form that uh, that he had prior to his ankle injury
3: there, there's a lot of weight on winks shoulders at the moment with with that those gaps that we've been discussing and i think he it committed himself and acquitted himself really well last night um he, he what i like about him is he looks to recycle that ball really quickly and get it moving forward um which is something that we we need to 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 be at, one of the things that we sometimes lack is the urgency to get the ball forward um and he's looking like he can pick those passes um, so yeah, I, I've got no problems with the way his wings played last night. He's he's, he's
2: key. But that was just- his best performance of the season. I thought mm-hmm. I thought he was um, really efficient in what he did on the ball. I mean, he always is in terms of his technique. He gets it down quickly, one and two touches out of his feet it's moved on. But what he did yesterday, which we haven't really seen, is bursting forward into those bits of space that that are left behind the midfielders. So. If he could catch the ball early on the half-turn, he'd be straight through through a man into another bit of space and, and pick a pass there. And it was really nice to see that come back into his game because it's something we haven't seen post-injury. As you say, the only thing that let him down was his shooting, which was which was quite poor. Um, he had three shots and neither of them, none of them were really good, to be honest. Um, but... Really, really pleased with Winks's performance. He put a few tackles in as well, which was nice, because that's been a bit of a criticism that many people have had for him, that he's not so good defensively. And I, I've i been critical myself. I think one of his weaknesses is that players run off his shoulder and he doesn't quite notice it until it's too late. So he's obviously then jogging back behind and trying to make tackles from behind, which isn't ideal. And I had a concern yesterday that Lingard and Pogba would be doing that frequently, but actually wasn't, wasn't so much of a, a major issue, particularly in that second half.
1: It it amazes me um, that at games, particularly at games at Wembley, um, I'm often surrounded by people um, that aren't fans of Winks, and they just moan and groan. And I just, I just can't. I know everybody sees the game differently. We've we've all got different opinions, and that that's the beauty, I suppose, of f- football. But I, I just can't. I for the life of me, I, I just fail to grasp why people can't see the value in in Winks and. And why sometimes some some of our supporters are, are, are quick to get on his back? Um, the, the you mentioned earlier, John, about um, being a weight on his shoulders. Um, if you go back to, I know we, this is pre his injury, but if you go back to the last season, um, Madrid away, Madrid at home, uh, Liverpool at home. I thought in in those games, um, and even his debut for for England, that that month, I thought he was superb, and I seem to recall. Correct me if I'm wrong, Wendy. One, if not both, of the Madrid games. I think he was pretty much in midfield on his own. I don't think there was... It might have been Madrid away when we played yeah. Lorente yeah. and Kane. Yeah. yeah, and he was pretty much on his own. And I thought he, he um, handled himself really well. Um, right, we've got a few a few questions around the injury to, to, to Kane. So Kane pulls up towards the, the end of the game... Um, Question from I know, or Twitter analyst at I know Alan Gholzine Gilly. Um, with when Harry Kane was out before, Sonny filled the breach so well. Now potentially Harry and Sonny out out away for um, a few weeks. Do we play the same system with Mora or Lorente up top? or try something new, what do you think? A uh, question from atleemarson81, with the injuries will there be a chance for Jansen in the squad? No, um, no, <laughs> because that's already Pochettino pretty much in his press conference yesterday. Dismissed that right at the very end. That he was cold. That
3: was cold. I, that was cold well, the way you said that.
1: Uh, do d- d- you know what? I'm I've never been a fan of Janssen for, since two years ago when Pochettino, in one of his press conferences, and it's doc- documented. I've still got a bookmark marked it, um, and this is straight from Pochettino's m- mouth, and he, he effectively said that he wasn't doing enough in training um, to warrant a place in the team. He needed to do more, um, and that's good enough for me. If Pochettino doesn't think that he's good. Good enough, then so be it. Um anyway, sorry, I digress. Um another one on, on Kane's injury from Ed Brad. If Kane's injury keeps him out for a few weeks, who should replace him and could we see a change in the system? And I don't know whether by who who we should replace him, does he mean we should venture in the market or do we play Mora or Lorente or do we play one of the, one of the younger players? Um Parrot, I think, was mentioned earlier, but perhaps not ready. Um who wants to go first?
2: Windy, come. <laughs> I think it'll be. I think it'll be um, handled from within the squad. To be honest, I, it di- it didn't look great for Kane. So people afterwards were saying, you know, let's wait and see. He's got to have a scan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But from the shake of the head, he didn't look pleased. He didn't didn't look at all happy. Um, so I suspect he'll be out for a few weeks. Obviously, Son's gone now for a few weeks. Also, so we're down to essentially using probably Deli, Lamella or Lucas up front. And I've got no problem with any of them playing up top, to be honest. Lemela, we tried as a sort of false nine against Chelsea, I think, last year, year before, maybe. Yep, yep. And it, it looked really nice. It looked like he kind of knew when to make the burst into the box and and when to drop deep. And I was happy with that. Well,
1: we have um, su- we have Sun available for that game as well, if that's the yeah, one I think. Stanford, exactly- Stanford Bridge, the 3-1
2: and then, of course, the problem with Deli is we might need to use him in midfield since Soko's engine Deli looked great in midfield against Trambier and what well, he's dropped back there in a couple of other games, including yesterday as well. So that might be the restriction there. But Lucas um, would be my least preferred option just because I just don't think he's quite as good as Lamella Deli. I don't think he's quite on the same wavelength um, or at the same level. And I prefer him as an impact sub. I'm. I, but I'm, I'm relaxed about it. I'm not actually as concerned as, as many fans. I think, broadly speaking, we've got a really good creative um, front line, whether that's with <laughs> or without Kane. So we've shown we can play without him. And I think we'll continue to make chances. And we've got, you know, Lamella's a good finisher. Delhi's a great finisher, generally, yesterday's side. And I think I think we'll be fine. Mm. I think we can cope.
3: Yeah, I'd go with Lamella and Dele, up one of those two up front. Um, I think if you're playing know three creators behind someone there's enough there that they can all rotate and you i mean even kane's been dropping deep and other people have been pushing forward so we're fluid in that kind of area anyway
2: that's but exactly it, it, people get obsessed with this idea that um kane plays as traditional target man and he really doesn't he's constantly cycling back and making moves in. very varied in Spurs' attacking system so we, we can yeah. we can cope I mean, I think this this week has this week this um season has shown how
3: creative he can be. The passes that he's been making, um, the the goals that Sunny a couple of goals that Sunny scored, where he's put the ball through, you know, that's come to the fore in his game as well. He's he's just not that out and out striker. He's he's his all round games there. So I don't, yeah, I don't have
2: any worries in that. I don't think. Um,
1: final thing on United. The- Thing Sorry, is, I I'm suppose
2: that other players have to weigh in. Sorry, yeah. Um, just to say that the, the other thing with Kane being out is that we're going to have to weigh in with more goals from other areas of the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that has been a problem. We don't tend to get many goals from centre-backs, say, for example, from corners or, you know, our central midfielders don't have great scoring records. So there's going to have to be an acceptance that someone else is going to have to be in the box. We're going to have mm-hmm. to commit a couple of extra bodies forward. But I'm sure potch would have that.
1: Okay, final final thing on United. Um just a question from uh, Kent Goodrich, he's trying to handle his app. Kent Goodrich slightly tongue in cheek. Cheek cheek. <laughs> How important is it to team morale? But our record of no draws remains intact with a inverted smiley face emoji. Um I don't think it matters. One one bit. I mean it's one of those it's 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 a nice record. It's nice to be you know, if you if it. <laughs> If you're constantly winning games um then that's far better than than you know with the drawing we, we had a, a i think a couple of seasons back or, or, or maybe three seasons ago where um we started off the season um i think unbeaten for quite a lot of games but it was masked by the fact that we, that we drew a lot um and effectively we you know we dropping perhaps more more points and, and if you'd be better off in, in that scenario losing one but winning more than you're actually otherwise drawing so yeah
3: i would i would agree with that i i think that it's not that big a deal but it's you you draw three you've dropped a fair amount of points and you've only picked three up so it's, it's better just to to yeah you know, i think is that the first time this season we've lost consecutive matches though
1: no, um, oh, in the league. In the league, yeah. Uh, we lost to Watford and Liverpool, I think, back to back.
3: Back to back. Okay, so we have done it again. We have done it this season. Uh, it, it, the number of losses becomes a problem, but I don't, I don't think it's uh, uh, that bad. That we, I'd rather we were doing it this way than drawing. Mm. So if we'd have drawn four games this season, we'd you know we, we'd be down eight points on our position at the moment. So.
1: Okay. um, just very briefly I presume both of you think Fulham are there for the taking and that should be a comfortable win
3: yes
2: yeah you hope so they've lost lost three games in a row Fulham Hmm. they don't look to me as though they know what their best team is either they're chopping and changing things they don't seem to have um, quite the right structure yet they're playing a lot of defensive players um, in midfield so, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. I think. I think we've got more than enough to beat Fulham. Um... Do you, um,
1: since you're on the pod, I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on Ryan Cession. Um Do you think we should um, place a bid for him? Um, and do you, if th- if 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 you think he's a well, but do you rate him? I suppose. And and the second question is, do you think there would be any value in us purchasing him in this window and then loaning him back to Fulham? Um, in the same way, same way that we did with, with Delhi to Milton Keynes a few years ago, for the uh, for the remainder I really, of the season, uh,
2: really highly. I think he's, and I think his brother Stephen is also excellent. Who's mm. a right back? I think they're both fantastic players. The time to buy Ryan Sessegnon was about two seasons ago, two and a half seasons ago, when he was about three million, and that's what we are being quoted for him. Since then, he's just you know Championship Player of the Year. Um, Fulham now would want what fifty. £50 million for him I'd imagine um, and I don't think that would be the best use of funds given, given our financial restrictions so I would say no but you know blank checks yes of course absolutely i will take Zessignan he's brilliant
1: OK just very briefly I just want to discuss the Chelsea game um, first leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final um, I was at the game and I don't know how it looked watching it on TV but um certainly around me there are a lot of people who um were quite nervous and moaning and groaning and complaining how we don't we do that thing where we're trying to be a high press and play it from the back and 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 i mean they don't even see it like that in, in their terms a lot of spurs fans are just i'll oh, stop fanning around and kick it long and, and that sort of thing um and 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 the irony irony of that is when when we do kick it long they'll they'll complain when when we lose lose the ball anyway one thing that, that struck me about about the the game against chelsea, and I think it was you know we kept a clean sheet and I think that you know it's it's evenly balanced with 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 the second leg but the second leg at bridge but we've got an advantage but i I thought that firstly the fact that chelsea adapted and um Played with a very high press. I think is testament to to us and Pochettino um, and the respect that they've got for us. Secondly, though, I th- I think they, they they did a really really good job of pressing us not only high up the pitch but they'd go to the right. If we if if our centre backs try to move the ball to the left, they'd they'd literally hunt in packs two or three pressing us and making it very difficult for us to 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 um, bring the ball forward. And I think that. A lot of fans sit there in the stadium and they'll moan and they'll groan, but I just I don't think that I think you've got to give give Chelsea credit of, um, where it's due, and I, I thought they did a really good good job of making it difficult for us to break forward, albeit um, we still came away with, with the result and I, and I think that it was fully deserved.
3: I don't think they created that much overall for the amount of possession they'd have. I agree, yeah. I think we controlled their possession and they played football in areas that wouldn't damage us and yeah, we were looking for that long ball out and, and trying to beat them on the break. But honestly, I think it, you know, um, it, it was controlled. I don't, I don't think we were, we were uh, troubled. If I'm honest, um, it, the scoring going, the the issue was going up the other end and, and scoring. I think it, when we go to Stamford Bridge, they're going to have to come out and play, and it'll be a different matter. Yeah. Just depends what team we're pushing out and who's on the pitch at the time. I think that's what will cost us in that match.
1: Hmm.
2: Windy? yeah, I tend to agree. I thought we, to some degree, had them at arm's length. I thought we did the right thing, playing out from the back and trying to beat the press. The idea was obviously to to suck them towards us, beat the press, and then play these quick balls for our um, forwards to latch onto. And that seemed to me to be the right tactic, and it it did ultimately work. A bit of a gamble. But it did ultimately work. Gazanika got a lot of criticism, but I thought generally he handled the situation really well. He had saw a lot of the ball at his feet, and there were maybe two or three passes which weren't up to scratch. But on the whole, I thought he did a good job.
3: I thought he played really well mm-hmm. as well. I don't, do you know what I mean? He he, he did. He made a, a good save. He did everything that was asked of him. I don't think there was anything there to to criticise really.
1: I fully agree. It's just it's just amazing within matches quite often how few of our fans actually can see that and, and can see the value of playing playing from the back. Um, another case in point I remember at Brighton this season, the goal that we scored, I think it was Lamella's goal, which was a really good move. Um, I think it ended up with Rose crossing in for Lamella. And that came about from playing out the back. And I remember as soon as it was passed back to Gazzaniga, um a fan next to me was just complaining about that. And um, it's... It, it's, it's astonishing, but but there you go. I guess that uh, not everybody sees things um, as they are or, or say see, see it differently. Right, um, second half of the podcast, we will um, discuss, um, we've got a few more questions to go through. We've got some questions specifically around the, the youth um, for Windy, um, but uh, before we do, here is Bex with this week's Spurs Ladies update.
4: Hiya, it's Bex. Um, in the world of Spurs ladies, it's all going very nicely at the moment. The girls played their opening fixture of the year on Sunday the 6th of January and came away with a 2-1 win, which is really hard away from home against Sheffield United. Um, Rihanna Dean scored the opening goal to put us 1-0 up um, and unfortunately Blades equalised by only by dint of Jenna Scalacci, the ladies' captain, scoring an own goal which is quite unfortunate. Anyway, Sarah Wiltshire came up and scored the winning goal in the second half. That result was enhanced by Sunday's win against Lewis. Uh, in Again, as a league game where well, we came away 3-0 winners. So goals from Jessica Naz who is on England duty. Rihanna Dean, who is also on uh, Lionesses duty. And Jenna Scalacci moved Spurs. So we are currently top of the league. It's a tenuous league, let's be fair. Uh, Spurs have played a good game more than man united have so we've got a game in hand but it's still top of the league and it's still really nice to be and especially even more so when you consider that united have just bought players in and invented a team from nowhere which in case anybody hasn't heard me about this before kite sucks so in other news from around the bazaars uh megan Wynn and anna philby are in the welsh team They've got a friendly away against Italy, so that's really good news. It's good to see that the smaller clubs are supporting the international teams. And I'm really excited by the fact that we've got a couple of Spurs players in a number of different squads. I think it's really good for the team as a whole. The girls now have a couple of weeks off with their next match again being in the league. And that's on the 27th of January at two o'clock. It's a Sunday. They're away to Millwall. So that should be a really interesting game. I say interesting given that Millwall, we're a game in hand over Millwall. They've got two points, we've got 30. You'd quite like to see a decent result there for the ladies. Anyway, that's me. I'm done. I am on Twitter, at Bunches Bex, if anybody wants to know anything. Cheers, thanks. Bye-bye.
1: Welcome back to the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Bex, for your Spurs ladies update. Um, I should mention that um, Spurs ladies signed um, the London Bees captain, Emma Becker, over the weekend. Um, who, John, you happen to know.
3: Yes, I do. Um, I worked with her um, at the Open University about four years, five years ago now. She was part of my IT team. A really nice girl. Um, She was playing for, I think it was um, Charlton and then Millwall Ladies while she was with us. And I remember she injured her ankle at one point and one of the senior managers was complaining and, and questioned her when she came in quite strongly about whether or not she be, should be playing football at this level if it was going to affect her, her attendance at work, which we were just like, you what? um but no really nice girl and um generally all the best of best of luck to her i know um you know uh, from talking to her this weekend when her name popped up she was saying that uh, you know you only get a fleeting career and she's going to keep going for as long as her legs last so good luck to her and i know she i believe she came on at the weekend as well so uh, you know all power to her good luck bex
1: good luck certainly right um Before we finish off with a few questions, um, Wendy, as I mentioned at the outset, is the host of the fabulous Extra Inch podcast. Wendy, that's been going for, what, two years? Or just over two years now?
2: Yeah, um, so we're in our third season, but we didn't really get going with any momentum until this season, so it was a bit more sporadic. But this year we've been pretty regular, um, recording mainly via Skype, which took a bit of getting used to, but now we're we're there, it, it seems to work quite nicely um so i do that with bardi from the fighting cock and uh, nathan clark who is well known for his tactical analysis on twitter um so yeah it's it's kind of appeals to people who are a bit more interested in the analytical side of, of spurs
1: and it's not i mean i suppose it's still a spurs centric podcast although you you do cover topics tactical topics that are beyond spurs and it's not necessarily i think we've mentioned this before the last time you we were on it's not necessary um we try to do it in a way that it's not dated so that you can listen to it at any point in time
2: yeah that's been the idea we've kind of veered away from that a bit this season but we've got mm-hmm. some ideas of um yeah timeless kind of standalone episodes with there's a couple of things we want to do before the season's out and in that way but recently we've been doing much more kind of punchy reaction ones to to big games so we did a post Barcelona match um, podcast, we did a post Arsenal podcast and I think if Kane's out for any length of time we might do a reaction pod to that as well to think about how we might um, alter tactics to to cater for Kane's absence so we're kind of mixing up a bit this year I
1: I enjoy the frequency, the increased frequency of the podcast because um, you know it, it, it A, I like them, and, and B, it gives me something extra to listen to on, on, on my journey to and from work. Um, when uh, um, when I get towards the end of the week, and, and suddenly I've listened to all my podcasts, so it's it's nice to have those those extra uh, extra pods. Also, really enjoyed during the summer, um, during the World Cup, because you know if you're a football fan, I. It, Summer can be torture um, when there's when there's no football. Um, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it, it, it's nice to have that break. But I really enjoyed the the pods over 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 the um, summer period and obviously at the World Cup. So um, they're they're a really good listen. Um, if anybody wants to listen to or hasn't heard of the Extra Inch podcast, where can they listen to download it from?
2: So the platform we put it out on is Acas. But if you just type the Extra Inch into Google, you'll find links it's obviously you can get it via itunes and other podcast apps and the twitter account is just the extra inch
3: excellent okay yeah. central listening i love listening to it i don't want to blow smoke up your ass but it's, it's it is a good listen
2: thank you very uh, much uh, very and much.
3: i'd say it's highbrow not top shelf is <laughs> is that a fair fair reflection i think
2: yeah yeah i'd, I'd like to say so i mean we, we have our moments but on the whole yeah. um yeah, we try we try and keep it clean and we try and stick to kind of analytical and tactical stuff
3: yeah, I always try and make a point of, of looking out the, the books and the extra reading that you do um, and I, I may not read them but I always look them out and try and, you know and, do and just see if they're going to interest me
2: well Bardi's a big reader so he's always reading football books and has something to recommend whereas I don't I, I commute in the car so I don't I don't get a chance to um, to read as much um so i tend to recommend articles or other podcasts that i listen to whereas bardi's um yeah like i say he gets through a heck of a lot of football books so he's got some good recommendations
1: okay let's finish off with a few questions um a couple of questions around um i'll group these together and um, so it's, it's around specifically the youth so one's for you wendy firstly um zoe pearson her twitter handle is, is at Z underscore Pearson, THFC. Who's the next Academy product to break into the first team? And then we've also got a question from Mark Stoll. Um, now, Mark is an expat who lives in California, so um, he was at one of the preseason friendlies that we played, so he had the benefit of seeing both of the. I, well, I can't remember if he, if he saw one or, or perhaps both of the aforementioned players i'm going to mention who does mark says who does windy think has the best chance of making it at tottenham amos or skip
2: i'll start with that one um i think skip 100 percent. i really like amos and he's someone that didn't kind of come into people's radar as such because he he, he kind of he developed late physically, so that, that was an issue. He's a central midfielder, obviously, as we know now. But for the under-18s and the under-21s, he was essentially being played as a left-back to allow him to build some strength and conditioning. And that had a negative effect. We saw him then stagnate for a number of years. He was really good for the under-18s. He was he was a good little player, very technically astute, very tactically astute as well. Um, and I think his... his slow development physically held him back a little he then had this loan at Stevenage where he was brilliant, they loved him they said he's one of the best loan players they've ever had and he really grew in confidence and it, it looked like it was going to propel him into Pochettino's plans and it, it did over the summer he was in the pre-season travelling party partly due to the World Cup but you know he, he, he made a good, uh, good impression and then sadly for him he's had this terrible injury this season which has kept him out of pretty much the whole season so far and I think had he not got injured he would have had a good chance of playing a good number of games but alas not to be um, I mean Skip's just phenomenal he's, he's a bit of a do-it-all midfielder in a way he's someone who stands out when you see him at any age level. Uh, really consistent performer most people you talk to who watch youth football like it um, he has always made the English strong uh, position, central midfield. There's a lot of good players ahead of him. But I'm sure now he's had first team minutes for Spurs that he will be in all the subsequent England squads for his age groups. Um, So, yeah, Skip Skip is certainly a better overall player than Amos, but that's not to downplay the fact that Amos is very good. I think probably he'll go on and have a a championship career long-term. But um, could have done a good job for us this season. And in terms of the other question from Zoe, it's a really difficult one to answer because... My own opinion of Pochettino's integration of these players is essentially that we're relying on injuries to give them a chance and that's that could be a unfair because he's given Davies to I think I think it's now fourteen youngsters. but they tend to be a handful of minutes here and there until he needs them. And that might just be giving them a taste and then getting them into the first team picture and training, kind of get them to adapt to his tactical plans and, and the players in the squad. I don't know. I, I I struggle with the idea that he's um, great at bringing through our own academy players. I, I feel like he could have done a lot more. I feel certain more competitors could have played a lot more than he has done so far. Um, I So it's really difficult to pinpoint someone that, that could come through. I mean, if I was asked who I think should be in the first team squad now, I would say Jack Rolls, who is um, 19, he'll be 20 in Feb. He's had a really good season for the under 23s. He's an attacking midfielder in the Delhi mold that he will just appear in the box at the right time and finish things. He's always had a great scoring record and he's really kicked on this year. So Rolls is someone who I would like to see involved more.
1: I had the, and I, I don't watch anywhere near enough of the um, youth players as you do, Wendy. Um, but I, I, I had the pleasure of watching him um, in Milan back in September and of all the players that I thought that played um, that day, Jack Rolls was, was the one that caught, caught, caught my eye. Um, I thought, thought he'd be a good, good player. But yeah, I guess it's one thing looking at a player and thinking he's the one who's going who's likely to break into the next, next team. It's quite another what Pochettino's going to do. Like you say, I think a, a lot of that's di- dictated by um, injuries to, to other players. I also wonder whether we've become a victim of our own six- success um the fact that we're doing so much better now than we were back at say the beginning of the you know 2014 15 season um perhaps then he was more inclined to give young players a ch- a chance now that we're doing so much better um the bar has been raised and he's perhaps less averse to taking if l le- less likely to 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 um take risks um, I don't know if that's I suppose that's. you could argue that that's the case at other clubs as, as, as well if you look at City for example with Phil Foden um, some of the other young players who, um, well Jaden J- Sancho being, 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 being an example he obviously um, looked for first team football elsewhere um, I, I don't know if that's just the price of being su- successful and if you're maybe a middle ranked team maybe youngsters are more likely to get a chance I don't know
3: yeah, Can I ask a youth-oriented question? Um, what's Poch's son like? What positions does he play? Is he any good?
2: <laughs> uh, nepotism. Uh, you he's, know, I did wonder. He's, he's, he's not great. He's, he's basically a winger, but there's no way that he should have been included in the um, academy intake in the year he did there they they were better players let go to allow him to take take a place and Maximus Taino who's the son of Timu is also in that academy year group and also isn't that great in my opinion um, we let other better players go in his position too, that's not to say they're bad players because Tottenham's academy don't have bad players typically, they're, they're all competent footballers, who are very good technically and could go on to have careers in um, football league but you know, Maurizio with the Z, which is his son's name. Uh, yeah, he won't be playing for Spurs. Let's put it that way. Mm.
1: Okay. I wonder. I'm being slightly mischievous, but I wonder if, for example, if dare I say it, if Pochettino ended up somewhere else in the summer, United or Madrid, um, would his son would it would it would three would his son follow?
2: i suspect both sons would follow he's got another son who works as a kind sports of sports science I yeah performance analyst sort of sport science yeah and i imagine they would just follow him to wherever he, wherever he goes to next
1: mm. okay um we're slightly pressed for time we've got a couple more questions but i will save those simply because both kent goodrich and ed brad's question i think probably if we're going to do it justice we would need to spend a lot of time on 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 each of those questions so i'll, I'll save them for next week um what we'll do is finish off with a reoccurring well it's the reoccurring question on the pod for this season that i ask all um guests who have appeared on the podcast for the first time and wendy as it's your first time the reoccurring question is from um gilly or uh, twitter handle is at i know alan gilzine and the question is which spurs player would you like to travel to and sit with at an away game
2: i think most people would be expecting me to say kyle walker peters because i'm such a walker peters fanboy. but i mean the truth is he's a a young lad i i I wouldn't have much in common with him i'm a a man in my mid-30s i don't yeah, I, I'm out of touch with youth culture. I was watching, um, have you heard of Jimothy, the hip-hop artist who uh, is, has become huge? And I realised when I was watching one of his videos that this isn't for me anymore. This this is young people's music and I'm an old man now. Um, and I feel like Walker Peters would be playing Jimothy out of his phone at me and I just wouldn't get it. Uh, so I would go for human Son, I think, purely because... Um, I don't know any cool handshakes and, you know, travel to a away game, you need something to do on the coach i have been practising handshakes with Sonny you know, probably involve a handstand um, I think we'd get on like a house on fire, he's a very upbeat person a uh, lot of fun, so yeah Sonny, Sonny would be my choice for Excellent.
1: travel buddy. We, we've had a few Sonny's um, in, in recent weeks, yeah he's, uh, he's comes across as just such a nice guy um,
2: Second choice would be Lamella
1: second choice uh, Any particular reason?
2: He's oh, he's a psychopath and I love him. <laughs> You'd be
3: protected at away games with him. He said you would. He'd be my minder. <laughs> yeah, oh, I like that. I've never heard of Jimothy. That seems like to be young people's music, and I'm not sure it's alien and strange, and I don't like it.
2: Yeah, look it look it up, and then um, be amazed. Hide behind your hands. <laughs> oh Okay. Mm. <laughs>
1: right um the next podcast we will be recording um in a week from now um after the full game uh, probably actually a week monday um until then all that's left for me to say is firstly thank you um windy
2: thank you for having me absolute pleasure
1: thank you john
3: thank you very much cheers chris cheers Jeff.
1: and until next week the future's bright the future's lily white good night <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on, Tottenham, the base so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White our Lane has seen its pain, it's at its load of nights. we fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey. Come on Tottenham, stack it in the goal oh, Come on Tottenham, the base of bloody show. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Pull on that white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the name's up on our shirt the Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.